Today is Maundy Thursday. For many Christians, this is a day whose name they've heard their entire life. Likely, if you grew up in a church tradition that acknowledged Maundy Thursday in some way, you could explain it insofar as that it's a remembrance of the Last Supper. Some of you would probably also mention that it's not uncommon for Monday Thursday services to have a time of foot washing or a time of communion. But what the word Monday actually refers to is a mystery to many, including myself for most of my life. Monday is a reference to the Latin mandatum novum, which means new commandment, a reference to John 13:34, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. It is the Thursday of the New Commandment. Understanding this, a service involving the Eucharist and foot washing follows the trajectory of this commandment. The, as I loved you, is the Eucharist, sacrament of the remembrance of Christ's love. And then you move into, you must love one another, a foot washing as a self-giving practice representing a posturing of oneself in humility and service to others. I would encourage you to seek out a Maundy Thursday service that you could attend to enter into a remembrance and commitment to the new commandment with other members of the body of Christ. You are home to the exile, touch to the frozen, daylight to the prisoner, authority to the silent, anger to the helpless, laughter to the weary, direction to the joyful. Come our God, come. Infinite, intimate God, this day you kneel before your friends and wash our feet. Bound together in your love, trembling, we drink your cup and watch. Breath of God, quiet our hearts, hush our lips, open our eyes, and fill us with holy wonder as we look to Jesus, our host, your servant, our Lord. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, He put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. 
Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Lord God, creator of all, in your wisdom, you have bound us together so that we must depend on others for the food that we eat, the resources we use, the gifts of your creation that bring life, health, and joy. Holy be the hands that sew our clothes so that we do not have to go naked. Sacred be the hands that build our homes so that we do not have to be cold. Blessed be the hands that work the land so that we do not have to go hungry. Creator God, we give thanks. Holy be the feet of all who labor, so that we might have rest. Sacred be the feet of all who run swiftly to stand with the oppressed. Blessed be the feet of all whose bodies are too broken or weary to stand. Creator God, we give thanks. Holy be the sound of children laughing to take away our sorrow. Sacred be the sound of water falling to take away our thirst. Blessed be the sound of your people singing to heal our troubled hearts. Creator God, we give thanks. In your mercy and grace, soften our callous hearts and fill us with gratitude for all the gifts you have given us. In your love, break down the walls that separate us and guide us along your path of peace that we might humbly worship you in spirit and in truth. Jesus said, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will save it. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, 
saying, Take this, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. For those who have spent time in any faith tradition, the language of communion has been heard so often, and in that repetition can come this lack of shock at what's being said. And so I want to take a moment to reflect on the statement Jesus is making, and to understand it within the context of first century Jewish culture. At this time, it was considered unclean, uh, unholy, unacceptable to consume blood in any way. They had practices to ensure that any meal that they ate was empty of blood before they consumed it. For Jesus to say to law-abiding Jewish people to drink any person's blood would be totally unsettling. It would seem unholy and disgusting. But interestingly, Jesus isn't the first person in Scripture to use this phrase and all of its unsettling implications. In 2 Samuel 23, David is stuck in a cave. He's surrounded by Philistines who've made their camp in Bethlehem. And David had three soldiers that were his most trusted champions. The writer of 2 Samuel makes a point to make it clear that they were the upper echelon of soldiers, describing their prowess on a battlefield in ways that make them seem larger than life. So while they're in this cave, David one day speaks of how he wishes he could drink the water from the well in Bethlehem. Considering the amount of Philistines not only surrounding the cave, but also encamped in Bethlehem, it's unlikely that David was doing anything more than lamenting his current situation. But nonetheless, his three warriors hear him and decide to go. So they break through the Philistine lines that are surrounding the cave. They break into Bethlehem, where the Philistines had been encamped. They drew water from their well. They fought their way back out and back to David in the cave. And they take this water and they hand it to David. David looks at it. He recognizes the dedication, the sacrifice, the risk that these men take for him. And he pours it out onto the ground. And then he says, God forbid I should drink the blood of these men. David knew what it meant to talk about drinking blood, and David meant it with all of the weight and all of the implications. Because David is saying here, I refuse to profit. I refuse to take advantage of these men's willingness to put their life on the line for me. I have a desire, I have a thirst, but it should not be satisfied at the cost of their life. And with that imagery, look at what Jesus is offering drink my blood. Take advantage of my sacrifice. Gain from my suffering. Let your inmost desire be filled by my life. Drink my blood. Eternal God, whose word silences the shouts of the mighty, quiet within us every voice but your own. 
Speak to us through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, we may receive grace to show Christ's love in lives given to your service. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. Go in peace.